Hey guys, Drew here. I just want to take a quick moment to thank those of you who have filled out the survey. I'll leave it up for a bit longer to see what happens, but for now it seems like people, generally speaking, want to see this podcast keep going. Those of you who took the time to provide additional feedback, I've read all of the responses there, and I can't thank you enough. The support shown by those willing to take the extra time to write out their opinions has been humbling. Um, the support overall has been amazing. I apologize that it took me as long as it did, but as promised, Commander 2020. What's up, Spell Singers? My name is Gary and John Wells. I'm Drew Flitton. And I'm Corey Janavagi. And this is Untap of Keep Drink. Beer up. Welcome back, guys. We are talking about Commander 2020. We've gone through Acoria several times. <laughs> yeah, we've been there for a while. Yeah, and so now we're going to be talking about the Ikoria Commander decks, which is actually our 2020 release of Commander decks. And well, we've the got, first part. Yeah, first 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 many, many, we have more on the so way. So much Commander. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about a lot of different decks. We've got five to choose from, and we've got some weird shit going on. Yeah, they took Ikoria and were like, but what if Commander? Yeah. And then they just ramped it up. Brought back some really cool reprints, which I'm really stoked on. And I think that's about where they left it. Pretty much, yeah. Typical pre-cons, but with some cool new stuff. So we'll go into the commanders, obviously. We'll go into the alternate commanders. We got a special mechanic that's coming back that we're all pretty stoked on. I know it's not cycling, but yes, it is. <laughs> but it is cycling. But we do have cycling. <laughs> but we're also stoked on cycling. And then we're going to do our normal kind of set review thing, especially for commander. We're going to rate this set as a whole, go through kind of the important cards or the ones that interest us. Because the important cards are usually like the commanders and stuff. So how about we just dive right in to them beers. So today I'm drinking the Utter Chaos Chocolate Milk Stout by Talisman Brewing Company. Sitting at 5% ABV and 28 IBUs. Oh my gosh. All right. Give us your first tasting notes and then let's move on. Okay. Very malty. Very sweet. No bitter. <laughs> Very it's, malty. Uh, very sweet. No bitter. Okay. <laughs> it's not quite as smooth as a milk stout as I would normally imagine. It's kind of grainy. Yeah. It's, is that just me? Kind of. It's cleaner than Ooh, what I thought it would be. It's smooth as hell. But it's very, very sweet. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, it's, that's really good. Uh, all right, Corey, you also got one that I picked out yeah, special for you. This one is gnarly. Check out those pours because, oh. oh, man, this is one of the craziest pours we've done. But it was the Left Hand Brewing Company's Chai Milk Stout Nitro. So I'll be honest, when I bought this one, I forgot that it was a milk stout, just because, I mean, it's left-hand brewing company. I'm like, yo, nitro, left-hand brewing company, buying it. Whoa. So right away, it's just holiday spice, as you expect with a chai, and it's just so, so damn smooth. And it's just got all the sweet, malty notes that you'd want in a milk stout. God damn. God and damn. last but not least, we've got the hub again, Hopworks Urban Brewing, got their whiskey barrel-aged abominable winter ale, and this one is the 2019 release. I think they first released in like 2015 or something like that, and they're planning on releasing it 2020, so if this is good, might have to do a repeat. That is a weird-ass beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's like a Belgian strong dark, but without the funk. It has all of those like rich, malty, alcoholic notes, no discernible bitterness. It is 10.2%, so that does make sense in the IBUs. I mean, it's a whiskey barrel aged beer, so you, you kind of expect the alcohol there. This is one I'm going to sip on for <laughs> the next hour and, and see where this goes. The first thing that jumped out at me, it's weird, but it's kind of like an apple whiskey. That's what it tastes to me. Yeah, it's almost got like a mint burn or a cinnamon burn <laughs> We're all without the flavor. crazy different things. <laughs> like it doesn't taste like those things, but it's got that kind of weird aerosol kind of. All right, y'all are getting distracted. It's crazy. Speaking of crazy, 
let's hop into these commanders. So right away, we just have the five decks, which are Abzan counters, Jeskai cycling, Sultai mutate, Mardu humans, and Teamer spells. I will say before we get too far into it, plus and plus one counters are basically in all of the decks. They're pretty well spread out. And I think they were trying to make a Sultai mutate deck. I got like halfway there. And I'm like, but what if we add this other cool commander, like plus one, plus one counters and Hydras? And then we have- That breaks yeah, the, everything. Yeah, the Sultai deck is unfocused. I'll say that. Yeah. The one that needed to be focused the most. Yeah. So we've got the cons wedges rather than yeah. being like the bant shards. So right. the three color decks. We'll get two more decks for the 2020 cycle with Zenikar. Two more decks with the fall set. I don't think we get decks with the core set this year. No, that's the one we don't that's get. The, that's the one that's we don't get. That's the only get. one. And then we also have Commander Series Green. So 2020 has got a lot of stuff. I'm kind of interested to see if this is the standard for what we're going to see. But I guess we'll find out when Zenikar releases, right? Yeah. And there's also the Commander Legends, the draft set. Which oh, I true. have no idea what it's going <sighs> to yeah. be. Yeah, that was <laughs> wild. So 2020, a lot to come. So let's start off with Symbiotic Swarm. That's the Obzon Counters deck. And that one has Cathro the Whisperer. Sorry, Aspect Whisperer. So two white, black, green, the legendary creature, Nightmare Insect. It's a 3-3 end. When it enters the battlefield, put a flying counter on any creature you control if creature card in your graveyard has flying. Repeat this process. First strike, double strike, death touch, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, reach, trample, and vigilance. Then put a plus one, plus one counter on Cathro for each counter put on a creature this way. So immediately you're like, I thought you said this is about counters. And it is. Yes, there's like a graveyard sub-theme, but this is largely a deck that cares about counters. But not all just. All of the counters. Yeah, not just plus one, plus one counters. Yeah, so in oh. Korea. Counters. They introduced keyword counters, and this cares about all of them. Yep. Up next, we've got Gavi Nest Warden. That's taking up the Jeskai Cycling Plus, plus Tokens kind of deck. Yeah, this is Timeless Wisdom is the, the deck name. I'm super interested in this one. Yeah, this is the one that I got. It's two and Jeskai for a 2-5 legendary creature human shaman. You may pay zero rather than pay the cycling cost of the first card you cycle each turn. Each turn. Each turn, not your turn, each turn. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a 2-2 two, two red and white dinosaur cat creature token so Sounds i'm all like about the things cycle. that this thing does cycling is as i think i probably said like 40 times when all of the cory oh, episodes yeah. cycling is at instant speed and the reason why i emphasized each turn is because you're gonna be doing this every single turn all the turns yeah absolutely why would you not yep be foolish not to <laughs> yeah there's no downside don't be a fool honestly i'm surprised gary went for the timeless wisdom because i figured that the enhanced evolution would be more your speed i do like sultai that's true so this one is headed by Otrimi, the Ever Playful. It's three black, green, and blue for a 6-6 six, six legendary creature nightmare beast. It's got mutate for one black, green, and a blue. It's got trample. And then whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, return target creature card with mutate from your graveyard to your hand. So this is the deck we were talking about. It's kind of unfocused where it's kind of all in on mutate and then kind of all in on stuff that doesn't help mutate at all <laughs> but are kind of good focus for things to mutate onto yes and that's and what that's what we're really seeing. yeah and this deck more than any of the other ones help with separate cards from the ikoria set so those are just easy upgrades into this deck for sure. I think that's one of the things that they were very cautious about is like overprinting the, the stuff they had. Yeah. So that way people could have a source, a pool of cards to immediately upgrade their deck. Yeah. With. And I think they chose some of the better mutates to put in the commander decks and not into the standard environment. Yeah. I think it was a good call. Okay. And what about Ruthless Regiment? That's the Mardu. It's human tribal. What a good name for <laughs> Mardu humans too. Ruthless, Ruthless Regiment. Ruthless yeah. Regiment. Yeah. So we're led up with 
Jirina Kudrow, one red, white, black for a 3-3 legendary creature human soldier. And when it enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 white human soldier creature token for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game. Other humans you control get plus two, plus one. I don't like it. Yeah, I already honestly, like honestly figured you wouldn't just because it has that for each time you've cast yeah. a commander. It's so much better in the 99. But on its own, obviously it is human tribal. There's big focus in Mardu humans for token strategies. Yeah. This deck has a lot of pseudo aristocrat stuff. Like it's not, there's like not a heavy focus into it, but there's some really good cards for aristocrats. And so I think that playing into that token strategy, that's kind of the route that they're, we're looking at. But at the same time, it is just humans tribal and humans is a very good tribe. Yeah, I think they sort of shoehorned a lot of things into the deck, but they masked it with just being humans. Yeah. So that there's a lot going on For with sure. that deck. All right, so the last deck is... Arcane Adaptation, and it's headed by Calamax, the Stormsire. So for one and Teamer, we get Legendary Creature, Elemental Dinosaur, 4-4, four, four, and whenever you cast your first instant spell each turn, if Calamax Stormsire is tapped, copy that spell, may choose <laughs> new targets for that copy, and also has another ability, whenever you copy an instant spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Calamax. What? So this is another one of the commanders where they're like, hey, here's this strategy, but also Voltron. They want you to be aggressive, they want you to attack, and I think that that's just because of the way that Watsi likes to build precons, is that they do like to have a generic sub-theme of just combat matters and combat's a good thing for you. So that's something that I think we're always going to see from a Watsi deck. And I think that in this instance, it's not that bad just because it does really kind of play into what the deck wants to do. And like having your commander being someone you attack with really makes you have to evaluate your decisions. I think that's pretty cool that they've done that just because otherwise it's like, eh, if I just tap it, I get to have that free counter or not free counter, free copy. And I think that it makes you slow down your pacing to make sure, hey, am I going to get value off of this by having combat or, you know, making it into like a mana rock or whatever it's like there's some some janky ways obviously to tap and untap and it's powerful yeah. in that sense but it forces See, combat me, with the plus and plus encounters yeah i was gonna say to me it doesn't even feel necessarily voltron but it feels just like it's a natural protection for what you're gonna have to do with it you know what i mean you're going to need to throw this into combat so this is going to help it survive those combats yeah sure. i think it's just because copying spells is so powerful, they kind of made it... Because you're going to be the threat once you start copying spells every turn. So yeah, nobody like, cares if you're attacking. Let, let's give you like, a big dinosaur oh to sort of just alleviate some of that threat. Yeah, I agree. So also in the deck, we have alternative commanders. So this set, there's the main commander, one alternative commander, and then a partner pair. So right now, we're just going to focus on the alternative Corey, commanders. It. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so this first one we have is Tyam Luminous Enigma. It's one white, black, and a green for a 3-3 legendary creature nightmare beast. Each other creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional vigilance counter on it. And you can pay three, remove three counters from among creatures you control, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard, then return a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. I love this card. This card is awesome. Yeah. There is a lot going on, but it's like counter synergy, aristocrats, maybe combat vigilance. Like there's there's so many weird yeah, things you can do. It dips its this. hand into so many cookie pots that you're just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. And then it all just like synergizes all at once, and you're just like, How oh shit, I... that's what this does. Yeah. Plus, arguably the best art in yeah, Commander 2020. It is okay. I think the it's one thing to note about this is that it just says pay three and remove three counters from on creatures control. So it doesn't have to be plus one plus counters or keyword counters. Doesn't it can just care. be anything. And this is, I think, the single instance where proliferating keyword counters <laughs> is actually going to benefit you. Get you. triple vigilance. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it doesn't matter. Just like, but watch. <laughs> so the next one is from the Jeskai deck. We've got Akeem, the Soaring Wind. So for two in Jeskai, we've got a 3-4 legendary creature, 
bird dinosaur. Bit redundant, but whatever. Flying. Whenever you create one or more tokens for the first time each turn, create a 1-1 white bird creature token flying. And for three in Jeskai, creature tokens you control gain double strike until end of turn. So I'm going to put this into my Kaikar Storm deck. It doesn't belong there. But, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. But it's going to be fun because I've always tried to figure out if there's a way to actually utilize the, the tokens for combat instead of just like always feeding yourself mana. Right. And I think that if I had this, I would want to try harder because like I, I'm like, yes, I want to do combat this game. Nah. No, I'm storming out. No, I'm storming out. I need these guys for mana. Yeah, I, I kind of hate this card. Really? Yeah, it kind of sucks. It's really good in 99 of Kai card decks. Oh. I think it's just not a very good. I was going to say six yeah, it's mana. Six mana and it only makes one token each turn. Yeah. Maximum. You gotta be doing a whole bunch of other shit to even yeah. make this. Yeah, oh yeah. It is sure. it is the Jeskai token commander, but I think even I think then there's, there's better Yeah, because like Kaikar makes better tokens. Yeah, you can do Kaikar like just in a token build and it gets yeah. like that card it slots in the nine nine so fast. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the problems that we're gonna see in a lot of the commanders that they've chosen is that they're not great as commanders. They're just good cards. Yeah. But they're not great. Which I think as is commanders. okay for their alternative commanders. Yeah, that's like, the thing. Well, like I don't feel compelled yeah, to try and build this. This one is yeah. just too narrow and just too slow because Kaikar just you can make ten tokens in one turn. This you can yeah. one token each turn. Right, like there's the upside downside is like when can you make tokens? How are you making those tokens? And what are the tokens being used for? This says you're paying six man, you're giving everything double strike. This is a combat token deck. Yeah. Whereas if it's in the 99, it's like, yeah, this might be an extra value engine trying to get an extra token or something like that each turn. I don't know. I, yeah. I like it only so I can take one deck and make it not the same deck every single time I play that deck. Yeah. And I like that this was put in the cycling deck because it is completely different. Yeah. And it is an alternate build. For sure. It always sucks when you have alternate commanders and you're just like, these two are basically the same thing. Like, you didn't really give us anything new, Watsi. So I think... Just which one has the most OP. Exactly. Right. Which one right. costs the least for the best stuff. Yeah. And to be fair, like, it does pair very, very well with, like, the headliner commander. She's going to be making tokens. Yeah. And you're ideally going to be doing that on every single turn. So you are going to get that trigger every single turn, assuming they're playing nice together and people haven't blown up your commanders they like to do. <laughs> so I don't think it's necessarily a downside. But again, in the 99, with the commander exactly, that they decided yeah. as a headliner is finally something that I think we're excited for for Watsi to do because they've always been like hey these are three possible commanders here's three completely different builds which can you're gonna into. have to chuck two of these to yeah. make the other one work yeah and that brings us to the soul tie bro you want to talk about cheaper some crazy cheaper shit. cost <laughs> for better better effects we've got Zaxra the exemplary one and soul tie for a two three legendary creature nightmare hydra with death touch did you ever think you were gonna get that pairing out of Watsi a nightmare, nightmare hydra. hydra. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him, but it, it comes out of left field. <laughs> it's just the weirdest <laughs> set for creature types. And it's, yeah. it's a hydra with death touch, but you can also tap it and add two mana of any one color. I'm a huge fan of it. Already, this card is so good. Mana rock in your command zone. Damn. For four. And also, whenever you cast a spell with X in its mana cost, create a zero, zero green Hydra creature token, then put X plus one, plus one counters on it. So this is kind of the, hey, this deck also cares about plus one, plus one counters. Right. It's Hydra Tribal in Sultai, which is super weird because I figured if they were going to do Hydra Tribal, it'd be more of a Jund thing. Yeah. But I'm so all in on this card. And Corey, you you kind of were looking up some some oh, janky dude, shit. This card is insane. People have already broken it to all hell. Yeah, it got broken so it to fast. all like, hell. Not necessarily C88, obviously, but like uh, tier list. Where would where do you think this card's gonna end up? Just because I think that this um, is worth talking about. I think I I don't really know, but I think I think it's gonna be like 1.5 to two, just because it's a two card infinite mana combo with freed from the real. And so what just, is that card? You, you always have 
access to that in your command zone. So free from the real, it's just an enchantment. It's two and a blue for an aura, enchant creature. You can pay a blue to tap enchanted creature, or you pay a blue to untap enchanted creature. So if you have two mana that yeah, that just, creature creates. He just automatically goes infinite colored mana, which is insane. I think the combo ability is good, but that doesn't make it a tier one or 1.5 just because you can't guarantee that that's going to happen to you yeah, in the game. That's right. It's usually but those commanders in, like Urza that like guarantee that everything in your deck is going right. to fucking do but stupid shit. To be fair, it's in the best tutor colors. For sure. And, like, your ramp is there, your removal's there. Like, it has all of the the things that you want out of an EDH deck. Yeah. And it literally has built-in ramp. Like, yeah. your commander having built-in ramp is busted. Yeah, and this one, just having access to infinite mana and a lot of the really good finishers in these colors are X spells. Like, Torment of Hellfire, whatever the one that everyone loses life, you gain that much life. Exsanguinate? Exsanguinate. Like, and you can mill people out. Like, there's a lot of, like, fun ways to to play this yeah. commander, potentially. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this this card's awesome. So I did want to put one kind of, like, frame of reference. Gary, one of your favorite cards, one of your favorite commanders right now, is a four-mana spell that gives you two mana, but it comes in tapped. Right. This is all of those things that you like about that guy. With black. With black. <laughs> and doesn't come in tapped. And has death touch. And yep. makes you free stuff. Yeah. It's not a 12-12, but... It can make 12-12s easy. That's true. <laughs> doesn't care. But yeah, yeah, so between Eryxmathes and that, I mean, I don't know which one I'm choosing. You've already you've already picked your side. Yeah, he's dope. So next one we got is Kelsey and the Plague. Just Mardu, so it's red, white, and a black for a 2-2 legendary creature human assassin. He's got Vigilance Haste. Did you ever think that this was coming back this way? No, this is, this is weird. I love it. Kelsey and the Plague gets plus one, plus one for each experience counter you have. Boom, experience counter's Hell back. yeah. I predicted it. <laughs> Not this way, but I predicted it. <laughs> it also has an ability to tap it. Kelsey and deals one damage to target creature you don't control. When that creature dies this turn, you get an experience counter. This is a much better way to do experience counters. This is. This is a more fixed way to do it, but God, this card is not great. No, that's why I'm saying it's it's the fixed way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this card bro. is very limited in that it'll just shoot a lot of creatures. Yeah. yeah. And, it's a and lot. It'll keep the creature presence down but 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 that's assuming that you, <laughs> you have to have some way to untap it because it's only ever going to do one damage it's not like it scales with how this many is just gonna murder yeah. all your jess guy tokens that's what it's for yeah well no you're a lot of the that builds happens. that i've seen are the give it death touch yeah and then just have as many untap effects as possible if you guys watch commander versus justin played this deck and it was oppressive as hell to watch i was actually thinking about making this deck and then he played that deck i was like that doesn't look fun for anyone yeah anytime anybody played anything he just shot just it and killed, killed it, it. and yeah, you people couldn't do anything for the whole game it yeah, was because you become such a massive target yeah if you have, have a you just like give that. it indestructible hex proof death touch you're just chilling it kind of reminds me of Mathis, the other Mardu but bounty, like the the toolbox, better but guy. worse. Yeah, yeah, different, different, <laughs> yeah, and also not great. That. Yeah, but he's cool. I like that the brought experience counters back. Yeah, he unfortunately doesn't work with either of the other experience counters commanders in these colors. Yeah, not really. Because Daxos is enchantments and Kalemni is big creatures. Yeah, sounds right. How about instead we talk about Zerus, the Writhing Storm? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's already on. So yeah, for two I and teamer, <laughs> we've got a 3-5 legendary creature, Snake Leviathan. It's got flying, and whenever an opponent draws a card except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, create a 1-1 green snake creature token. 
And then when he deals damage to a player, you and that player each draw that many cards. I love this I'm card. That. You yeah. guys, I mean, you guys knew I'd be all aboard on this oh, one yeah. as soon as this one got spoiled. <laughs> so I do have a Nekusar deck that does many similar things that this new deck is going to do. Yeah. And if I just finally have green in a <laughs> yeah. group hug draw deck and I'm making tokens... Dude, I'm yeah, stoked. so the nickname for this guy is Snekuzar, yeah. and it's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. But yeah, just Teamer Wheels is something I've never thought I'd ever say. Yeah, the thing is, you don't have a lot of the, the punish effects. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to is you have to capitalize on the tokens. But I'm just like, Teamer Wheels plus like any sort of sack outlet. Oh, and like dude, it's Some sort of way nasty. to like capitalize on that. And like, I haven't finished the build. I know obviously all of the, the wheels that I'm taking from Nekusar and like putting them in. <laughs> I want to keep Nekusar because I, I like that deck a lot. Well, Corey, you spoiled it. Partners, Partners yeah. is back. <laughs> uh, and they took an interesting route with it. So they kind of went along the lines of the story for Ikoria. In Ikoria, obviously there's like these crazy beasts and Lair of the Behemoths is the tagline for a reason. But the creatures can be bonded with by a human. And it is within that that both of them kind of like get a power up and just, I mean, it's a bond, right? That's it, a, it's like that's Harry Potter and his owl. All right. Uh, but so each deck has a monocolored legendary human that partners with a two colored legendary non human. And that forms the three colors of the deck. Correct. So notably, though, while this is partner, this is partner with. So right. in order for them to be partners, they must be with each other rather than the kind of free for all that 2016 brought us, which was, I think, awesome. Watsi. It was too awesome. <laughs> and that's the thing is that they've been narrowing it ever since. We saw partner it's with smart. initially in Battlebond, but the only there was the angel, angel and demon. demon, and then there was the the knight and the dragon, but no oh, one plays those like the fib with it, but not. Oh yeah, the so yeah, so the I guess coin, they had like the, the, the color yeah. pairs that they they had that were legend. But we've got some interesting cards here. Yes, we yes yes we do. <laughs> uh, Gary, why don't you start us out? So first off, we've got Nikara Layer Scavenger, two and a black for a 2-2 legendary creature human cleric. And it says, partner with Yannick Scavenging Sentinel. She has Menace, and whenever another whenever another creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had one or more counters on it, you draw a card and you lose one life. And she partners with Yannick, Scavenging Sentinel, which is two green and a white for a 3-3 legendary creature hyena beast. So we can get hyenas. Ooh. Still, we no dolphins. Dolphins. No dolphins. I like Hell how that's, nah. you knew exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> All right. He's got vigilance. And when Yannick Scavenging Sentinel enters the battlefield, exile another creature you control until Yannick leaves the battlefield. Whenever you do, distribute X plus one plus one counters among any number of target creatures where X is the exiled creature's power. That's uh, interesting. So there's a lot going on there. So from Nakara, we have Counters Matter. Yep. And then from Yannick, we obviously have like some self-blink with a Powers Matter and go-wide kind of sub-thing, which honestly is kind of nice to see in this color set because you basically always had to choose between one or the other. And that was something that's kind of frustrating, I think, to a lot of players is that there's so much good plus one plus one counters matter, but at the same time you don't get the like go wide strategy necessarily. Yeah. It's like you're suiting up one big creature and then like you're you're powering in. And so I think it's it's a nice middle ground. And I think that we we have different ways to do this, but I think this is a like a solid way to do it with the partner commander. I think that the self blink stuff is kind of weird because it does care about abusing what I, I would normally think of as a like a, a bant. 
mechanic, but uh, what are your thoughts? I don't really like it, but I do like Abzan plus one plus one counters. I don't like exiling my own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it does like you can distribute and make everything else better, but I would just rather have that that big thing you know yeah cory does like big smash yeah uh, yeah i think that <laughs> cory big what's smash. weird what's weird is that there's like a exile effect that's going on here while this deck has like this subtle theme of graveyard matters and i think that's kind of frustrating because watsy keeps on doing that so cory i know you're kind of stoked on this next one so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it to you we've got a, a shark in the air <laughs> yeah so this is the <laughs> jeskai partners we've got brawlin sky shark rider Three and a red for a 3-3 legendary creature human shaman. Partisan with Shabraz, the Sky Shark. Whenever you discard a card, put a plus one, plus one counter on Brawlin, and it deals one damage to each opponent. And it has pay red. Target Shark gains trample until end of turn. Yeah, this card is insane. You could just make a mono red deck with that, because a lot of... Red discard just effects. Red has just a ton of. Hey, you want to draw discard. cards? First, you have to discard. Yeah. Oh no, I get to ping my opponents while drawing cards. Oh yeah. shit! No downside. Seriously. So he partners with Shabraz, the Sky Shark, three white and a blue for a three-three legendary creature, Shark Bird, with flying. Whenever you draw a card, put a plus one plus one counter on Shabraz, the Sky Shark, and you gain one life. And he also has hybrid Azorius mana. Target human gains flying until end of turn. So they both get big and they both do damage. Um, just drawing cards and discarding cards, and then they both have the ability to help the other one just swing in for a bunch of damage and finish the opponents. Sounds dope. Yeah, it's sounds pretty nuts just in the stock cycling deck where you're doing <laughs> drawing and discarding a lot. Yeah. yeah, so like that's literally just like cycling matters. It's just the pair of them together. Individually, they each care about half of cycling, but it's just cycling good stuff. But it also is just individually good because they both care about the thing that they do and they care about it in a way that I feel matters. Yeah, they don't say cycling on it, which I think opens up a lot more doors because if it just said whenever you cycle a card, deal damage or right. plus one yeah. counter and gain a life It shoehorns it into a very specific Yeah, deck. and so this just... It, I which think this still would be good. Really good card design because it works in a lot of different archetypes while still being really good in specific ones at the These same are time. the type of upsides they give to shitty red decks because they're shoehorned into like the one thing that they can do to get yeah, their benefits. Right. Like, well, give me an upside to that. So next we've got the Soul Tide deck and we've got Casher Ruthless Stalker. He costs three and a green for a three, three legendary creature, human warrior. And whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. And he partners with Okima Stalking Shadow. So for one blue, black, legendary creature, whale wolf. Hell yeah. Again, we get whales, but we don't <laughs> get dolphins. It's a two, two and has the text can't be blocked. So great already and when it leaves the battlefield it deals x damage to target player and you gain x life where x is its power together we get combat matters <laughs> yep. healing combat damage actually matters then plus one plus one counters matters obviously if it's got unblockable it's going to get bigger when it leaves the battlefield it's kind of interesting it's kind of like a hey don't fuck with my stuff or you can play the blink game also got this weird life game it has a lot going on deal combat damage don't mess with me my stuff's getting bigger anyways so you have to make a choice yeah i think ukima is secretly one of the best voltron commanders they print in a while because it automatically is evasive and whenever you get rid of it which is the only way to punish voltron decks right somebody's going to take a lot of damage yeah basically if you blow my shit up i'm punishing you for yeah. it yeah bummer all right next one it's just good stuff the just, Mardu deck? Just good cards. Mar I shouldn't say the Mardu deck, but the Mardu... Humans. The Mardu part? Ooh, the Mardu partners. Yep. We've got Trin, Champion of Freedom. Three and a white for a 3-3 legendary creature human soldier. And she partners with 
Silvar Devourer of the Free. At the beginning of your end step, if you attacked this turn, create a 1-1 white human soldier creature token. And Silvar Devourer of the Free is 3 and Rakdos for a 4-2 legendary creature, Cat Nightmare. With Menace, sacrifice a human, put a plus one plus one counter on Silvar Devourer of the Free. It gains Indestructible until end of turn. So again, so, we've got some combat matters. We've got some tokens matter, which is cool. Some uh, fucking aristocrats, aristocrats going on. And again, plus one, plus one counters. Yeah. Because they're going to shoehorn them in everywhere, I guess. So this is basically Mardu aggro value good stuff. I like that. I'm, I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah, I think the only downside is that Silvar only cares about sacrificing humans. humans so right. that kind of shoehorns him into a human strategy. Well, it's a Marta humans deck, bro. Yeah, so that he works already. Yeah. But I think making a deck with just them... As the partners, I think you already have to... There's a hoop you have to jump through immediately. Yeah, just like how we talked about with the Jeskai partners, they just help so many different strategies. This just already narrows it down. It takes a good strategy, Aristocrats, and it focuses it down to you're not just sacrificing things. You care about humans that you're sacrificing. Yeah. At least it's a you good tribe. Feed the cat nightmare. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, <laughs> it's not a downside to play humans. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Corey. What about the last deck, the teamer spells? We've got some some we got the best we the got goodest the, doggo. The, the goodest boy. <laughs> so we've got Haldan Avid Arcanist. Also a good boy. <laughs> He's two and a blue for a one four legendary creature human wizard. He partners with Paco, Arcane Retriever. You may play non-creature cards from exile with fetch counters on them if you exile them, and you may spend mana as though or mana of any color to cast those spells. But Corey, how do I get fetch counters? Well, Drew, you just play Paco, Arcane Retriever, for three, a red and a green. He's a 3-3 legendary creature elemental hound with haste. Whenever he attacks, exile a top card of each player's library and put a fetch counter on each of them. Put a plus one, plus one counter on Paco for each non-creature exile. This we get button fetch counters? Yeah. So he, he, hey, we made he swings happen. out and he... <laughs> and he we did it. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch happen. He exiles everybody's top cards. He gets counters. He gets bigger. And then all the creatures he doesn't care about, all the non-creatures pump him up, and then his partner can just play him. Yeah, hold on. And help allows him. you to play it. Yeah. And the fact you don't care about the the man on him. You're just like, hey, I get to play that regardless. Yeah, that's, that's a cool which is, card. Which is great. So we've got non-creature and kind of a spells matter. We've got combat matters. We've got plus one, plus one counters matters. Again, this is another one where they care very much about each other. Uh, this one is literally, I think, the only partner set that specifically requires them to work together. Yeah, they go hand in hand. Like, one of them doesn't really do anything without the without other Without the other, yeah. You, you have to get fetch counters somehow. And the only thing, I think, in the game of Magic that makes fetch counters it's is the, the goodest, goodest boy, boy. Paco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, I think my biggest criticism with this pairing is that all of the other pairs, there's a one-mana difference. So you play one of the partners one turn, and the next I'm partner you, you play that another I turn. Too. But this one, Halden is a three-mana guy, and then Paco is actually a five-mana guy. So there's that turn in between where you can't be... Yeah, you honestly, get your, your good boy out. Not only that, but the effects are reversed in their converted mana cost, right? You can't get value, basically, out of Haldon. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. Paco. Yeah. And Paco, you have to wait two turns, assuming you, you know, haven't ramped or anything like that, to get the fetch counter in the first place. And you have to deal combat damage as well to, to get that, right? No, I, I think it's it's just whenever he oh, attacks. Oh, attacks. Okay, yeah. well, at least there's that. But you yeah. have to get to combat in order. So there's, like, so many hoops that you have to jump through for, for Haldon to do anything. So we also have uh, quite a few cycles. First one is the Planeswalkers. So in the Obs on Counters, we have Ajani, Unyielding, 
Jeskai Cycling, we've got Chandra Flame Collar. We've got Nissa, Steward of Elements, in the Soul Tide deck. Nahiri the Harbinger is in the Humans deck. And then Jace, Architect of Thought, is in Teamer Spells. Uh, do they belong? Are they good? I don't... They're definitely not the best Planeswalkers you can throw in these decks, but I like that they're actually paying attention and giving us these reprints of Planeswalkers that are actually useful, not just... Yeah. How do you shit. feel about the two decks that get stunted with monocolored? I definitely think they suffer. But I think in 2019, I think they had much better Planeswalkers in Absolutely. those decks. Yeah. So the next cycle is... I'm actually going to skip the next cycle because I feel like we'll talk about it for a second. <laughs> uh, it's the impetuses is what we'll talk about. So finally a good version of the curse slash vows that you can actually use. So each deck, since they're all three-colored decks, actually has all three that it could use. So Obzon has white, black, and green. So why don't we just read through them and just kind of give our brief opinion. Uh, I'll start with Martial Impetus, two and a white, Enchantment Aura. They all have this text. Enchanted Creature gets plus one plus one and is goaded. Whenever Enchanted Creature attacks, each other creature that's attacking one of your opponents gets plus one plus one until end of turn. Corey, why don't you explain what goaded is? Because that's so, your shit. I love every card that has goaded on it. Goaded is my jam. It reads that when a creature is goaded, it has to attack if able, and it can't attack you. So if you put this on a creature, it has to attack somebody else. And so a good thing with goaded is to either do it on value creatures that they'll never attack with so you can get rid of them, or on their big thing so you can just steer it well, away they, from they you. They would normally not attack with them. Yes. So that, yeah, it, it opens up an avenue for you to, to get rid of it. Yeah, it's it's kind of removal, but it's just like you're just provoking combat, <laughs> getting, yeah. the, getting those wheels turning. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the next one is Psychic Impetus. Two and a blue for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature, enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and is goaded. Whenever enchanted creature attacks, you scry two. Good effect. It's not bad. Black one? Eh. Black one is Parasitic Impetus. It's two and a black. Enchanted creature. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and is goaded. Whenever enchanted creature attacks, its controller loses two life, and you gain two life. Meh. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's one of the ones that just creates bad beef for no for no gain, really. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Shiny Impetus, two and a red. Uh, enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and is goaded. And whenever it attacks, you create a treasure token. Dude, the artwork on this card. Yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> it's dope. disturbing. That's a bit better. Not bad. The last one, Gory? Last one is Predatory Impetus. It's four and a green chain creature. Chain creature gets plus three, plus three, must be blocked if able and is goaded. So it's a goad, it's a lure, and plus three, plus three. The only thing they're missing really is like trample. I don't know if it's necessarily the best one because I think the red one, hey, every single turn I'm going to get a treasure token is pretty solid. White kind of like anthems their their team, assuming that they're not attacking you. So like it not only encourages them to attack because it's goaded, but also encourages them to not attack you with their other creatures whilst attacking so they'll get the anthem effect. Blue, I mean, I feel like this is the first cycle that they've done where they're like, blue is not the best one. <laughs> blue sucks. Yeah, I don't. I kind of hate all of these. Like, I love Goad, but I, I think these are the easiest cuts you can make in these decks. I mean, they, they always are, right? The Battle yeah. of the Curses cycles. But I think that this is the best version of those that they've yeah. done. Like, I think these are actually playable because they're effectively removal if you're worried about that creature in combat because it can never attack you. I think that it always is going to cause something to happen, which is something that I think a lot of commander games can lack. Yeah, I think especially in the pre-cons, and we kind of talked about it before, but they like push you towards combat. They want Definitely. you to be attacking. So I think... Where they that, fall short, though, is that they're not an all-encompassing goad like yeah it's just one if you want to get things rolling earlier than normal like drew said people try to hold back if you want to get them going earlier you, you need to be able to go to everything 
to where you can kind of sit back and be like, <laughs> fuck you guys. Yeah. But this one, it's like the one creature. Yeah, it's doing some stuff, but it's not really going right. to change everything. Right, but I feel everything. like people don't generally have a lot of creatures unless they're like a token strategy. So that one yeah. thing that is goaded. You got to make it work. You got to go their commander. Yeah, basically, right? Yeah, I just wish they would stop printing the curses and all these things. It just feels like a waste. Yeah, because yeah. nobody likes playing these cards when you open up in the pre They're just like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go do your uh, thing. Yeah. It's the easiest cuts you can make. For sure. So the next cycle is a cycle I just oh, called 399. Shit. The first one is the white one here, Flawless Maneuver. For two and a white, instant. If you control a commander, you may cast this spell without paying its mana cost. So it doesn't really matter what effect happens. This card is is good. Creatures <laughs> you control gain indestructible until end of turn. I like that. That is good. So that, Huge fan. That one is in the, the Mardu deck. So we've got the blue one. And that one is going to be in the Jeskai deck. So this one is Fierce Guardianship. It's two and a blue. If you control a commander, you may cast this spell without paying its mana cost. Counter target non-creature spell. Fuck. Why? We'll get there. We'll Why? get there. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Shut up. So next one we have is the black one. It's in the Soul Tide deck. So we've got Deadly Rollick. It's three and a black. And if you control a commander, you can cast this spell without paying its mana cost. Exile target creature. It's an instant. That's super good. Uh, they're tied. Blue and black. <laughs> Fucking good. <laughs> so the red one is in the teamer deck and it's deflecting SWAT. Again, if you control your commander, it's free. So normally it's two and a red for an instant. You may choose new targets for target spell or ability. Almost as good as a counter spell. Very true. And sometimes sometimes last, better. Yeah, so, sometimes better. I think most of the time worse. Most of the time. Probably. Because like you can't redirect a board wipe. True. But the green one is Obscuring Haze. It's two and a green. It's free if you control your commander, but it's prevent all damage that we dealt this turn by creatures your opponents control. So it's like a one-way fog. Finally, a cycle for free. all cards are even. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of these almost does nothing, and the other one is stupid good. Actually, <laughs> two of these are stupid good. Yeah, so every single commander set, I like to ask if there's like a, a boogeyman. Uh, we had Atraxa and that. Thrasios, right? TP, Yule, Teferi's Protection. Yeah. Everyone stock up. I like to ask, basically because of those cards, is there a card that shouldn't have been printed? All of these. I think most of them are okay because they're not that good. The white one is awesome, but it's fair. Yeah. The black one is super good. Black one is super good. The blue one is stupid. The blue one should not have been printed. But dude, free counterspells are too good. Free Fog. Free Fog, also incredible. But they're but also more good. fair. I, just, I still feel like that one's pretty fair. Yeah, it's super and fair. And the red one. The red one, like, I, I do lead by saying that it's almost as good as a counterspell, but it's not. And we all know that because a counterspell is just an unusually powerful spell that you trade one for one. But what if you don't have to spend the mana on that? That's the thing is that... All right, so what do you guys think for beer of the show? Obviously, we're all pretty high on the nitro. Uh man. But the whiskey barrel aged was interesting, to say the least. And Utter Chaos is just oh so tasty. Yeah, Utter Chaos was fantastic. Yeah. It was exactly what you wanted in a milk stout, but the the Abominable was unlike anything I've ever had. Seriously, I've had probably too many <laughs> barrel aged beers. I was going to say, uniqueness, Abominable. I yeah, want to know sure. what, whiskey, what whiskey they're using. Like, I actually have to do some more research on this one just to figure out what is going on. Is it bourbon like most other beers, or is it... Something else. That's how you know you've got something intriguing. Yeah. But, but this, also the this, chai the tea chai, was so good. It was incredible. Oh, like, God, we're cast, it was like a nitro so good. I could be. drink this all day. I think I cast my vote for the chai. I also vote for the chai, even Chai's though really that good. abominable is. Yeah. I'm going to have to mix things up here. 
vote for the chai. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it was the one the entire time that I was safe. Like I literally have the last drops here of the chai. Yeah, I chugged it. The entire time. I'm just like (laughs) sipping on it, sniffing it. I'm like, I'm sure it's going to change up sometime. No, it's just the same consistent deliciousness. And they've done a perfect job of making it a beer without funking up the chai. But it's also delicious smooth chai without over-sweetening or overpowering a beer. Yeah. That's a... It's a very fine That's line. one of those ones that no matter how many, how many, no matter how much those cost, <laughs> how many those are, uh, I'm buying six of them. And I'm taking them home, and they're only for me. And those are so, mine. I hate to tell you this, but you may not be able to get those. Oh, ones. I'm sure. No. I bought that one specifically no. for Corey for this episode no. right now, <laughs> like four months ago <laughs> when they were available. Uh, I haven't seen it a since, beer. but I have faith in left-hand brewing. I'll call him up. Okay, we'll get him. We'll get him on the line. I know a guy. Do you know a distributor? I know a couple lefties. That's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, let's let's get back to them cards. Them, them cards. cards. Uh, it doesn't have the same ring to it. Honestly, we have some. We've got some goodies here. So these are the the cards that we think are worth talking about out of these decks. I mean, aside from like the commanders and the cycles, which I guess if we just Pretend that the commanders are a cycle. Ooh, commander cycle. Ooh. Ooh. Cycling Well, and like we said before, like Wait, there's... cycling. I heard that cycling is good. Oh, cycling is great. Like we said before, though, there's a lot of reprints in the set. Some of them are good. We want them. Corey, Some go. of them are really good. What? Corey, go. You want me to leave? Fine. <laughs> Get out <laughs> of here. Yeah. All right. All right, Gary, go. All right, so the first one we're going to be talking about is Dread the Mire. I believe it's Dredge. Ooh, one of the better. best mechanics of all time. Dredge the no. Mire. Three and a black for a sorcery. I like Each it. opponent chooses a creature card in their graveyard. Put those cards onto the battlefield under your control. So for four mana, I, you get three creatures? Yeah, that's a pretty good rate, <laughs> right? Like, you think about, like, normal draft sets. You're usually paying, like, four or five mana for one of yours. You get your opponent's shit, which kind of, like, turns their deck off if they were planning on getting those back. Uh, if not, then you just get their creatures, which is, is fun. I love to to steal people's creatures and smash them in the face with them. Yeah, I think the quote-unquote downside is that they get to choose and they might not have anything good, but for four mana, just get something. I was just say, this comes down early enough that it doesn't really matter. Whatever you just killed, you're like, that's the one. Yeah, that's, all, that's all you got. In like you, can, you can make the decision for them, right? Yeah, you can but, skew it so exile cards from their graveyard, scavenge use, deathrite shaman. Those are the kind of decks that are going to be playing with this card, so you can kind of make the best card their only choice. Yeah. yeah. And I do have a reanimator deck that I want to play it in just because it's four mana for three creatures where usually you don't get that rate. But God, like the inconsistency is is there. Yeah. So that one is in the, is that Obzon or Sultai? It's the Sultai deck. But can you imagine three Scuba Steves, dude? I'm still <laughs> fucking stoked. Yeah. Four You're, mana oh. for three lands. Everybody ramped. I'm in. Yeah. That's Yeah. Bad. Everybody ramped. So now I get to ramp. Right. You did this. I did this. Give me. Next one we've got is Verge Rangers. So two and a white for a creature, human scout. It's got first strike. Oh, I guess it's also three, three. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. So this is in white. So that's a... It's a weird effect. It's a bit different. As long as an opponent controls more lands than you, you may play lands from the top of your library. Okay. Dope. It's not ramp. It's not necessarily land selection it's per se. It's just one extra card... Sometimes per turn. That's really Plus awesome. like a scry. It's, it's, it's card like, draw. Not quite scry. Like half. It's yeah. half of scry. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of weird card advantage because you get to look at that card. You might not be able to play that card, but you kind of have an extra card in your hand because you know it's going to come up. Just yeah. like you guys. Well, and you get it. an extra card if it is a land. Yes. Yeah. So you don't have to play it from your hand. But and yeah, it still yeah, doesn't, it, doesn't I, actually draw you. Yeah, I think this is one of the best white staples that they've printed in a while. Yeah, and that's the reason why I want to talk about it early. It's because it is just one of the cards that, even though it is in the human's deck, surprise, it's a human, you put it in probably every white deck that's mono-white, Boros, or just cares about lands and is still white. Yeah, obviously, if you have green, you probably don't need anything like that. No. Green has a lot better cards. Or this. blue. Yeah, but just like Drew said, just cards that have white or don't act, have access to good ramp. I think this is just, it's an easy upgrade, an easy slot in because we were jumping through a lot of hoops to try to just get one land. Yeah, yeah seriously, white. Like, how many times can I blink my Oreskos Explorers <laughs> without playing my lands, but also while playing my lands? Yeah, I have to miss a land drop in order for those to be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think this is a, a good step in the right direction for Watsi. Obviously, we need a lot more because Boros White needs some help. Boros, yeah, it definitely does. And they've, they've got some good stuff in here. The next one, it was an immediate staple as soon as it was printed. And I think Watsi knew that. And for whatever reason, I think they somehow underestimated how much of a staple it was and how many people wanted which i don't understand yeah. still so this is arcane signet it's just two mana mana rock that just taps for your one color and your commander's identity like it's it's not good in any other format yeah which every other format would love to have it but it is a commander brawl card and it was originally printed in the brawl decks for eldraine and everyone as soon as they saw it, we're like yo this card is the best card in these decks this Let's card was worth more than the decks it's yeah. so much better than regular signet yeah <laughs> unbelievably but at the same time, they finally reprinted it. Value on that. I mean, instead of like a what, $35 card, it's now a yeah, $5 well, card. Yeah, well, the, after the very first printing, it, Thank it was way too high. And then they got they, more they, yeah, Brawl they, decks in the circulation. So it was like 7 or 8 bucks. But now it's like back down to Soul Ring range. So pick up as many of these as you can. Because as long as you play Commander, you're just going to need these. Yeah, yeah. They're, they they're are never not good. Yeah. The second best mana rock you're going to have in every single deck. Yeah. Like that's just, I think, factual. <sighs> I mean, unless you got a mana crypt. Yeah, unless, unless you're playing some, some fast mana. Yeah. yeah Non-fast okay. mana. Right. Yeah. The, the uh, best like, fair, like, fair card. Yeah. yeah, stipulations aside. All right, so, so let's, let's move down, Sam. Yeah, let's actually talk about cards in decks that are good because they're in those decks. Because of the deck itself. Yeah, yeah those three cards were just kind of highlights they're just that we great just wanted to talk about. Although, the next card, yeah, there, are, just a there are some bangers in all the decks. All right, Gary, what you got? We've got Cartographer's Hawk, one and a white for a 2-1 creature bird with flying, of course. Whenever Cartographer's Hawk deals combat damage to a player who controls more lands than you, return it to its owner's hand. If you do, you may search your library for a planes card, put it onto the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle your library. So, things to note, not basic planes. Well, that is true. Two mana. And? Gets returned to your hand. And? Has to do combat damage. And? And it gets... And they have to have more lanes. And they have to have... There's a lot of hoops. Yeah, I was going to say, the second part of what I was thinking is super limited. Yeah. At first, you're like, oh, shit, hard ramp and mono white. And then you're like, oh, But that's the thing. This is like one of the better ramps that mono white has. Like, that's that's how bad you got to do. Yeah. (laughs) That's the state. Mono white players go, hell yeah, we got it, (laughs) I will say, in basically every single commander game, there's going to be someone without a flyer. So I think realistically, but do they have more lanes than you? I mean, you're playing mono white, so probably. But yeah, that's, still, I was gonna say that's, <laughs> that's, that's not the, the hoop that I'm usually having to jump through. I think another thing is that late game, this is just garbage. It it's doesn't rough. really do anything. This is a very okay play early, and because you just gotta hope that you can jump through enough hoops to get you yeah. one land on turn three. 
but, but even still, like I, I don't play mono white. I don't play Boros very often, so I don't know the struggles of these folks. I feel like this is like a turn two to turn five play. Yeah, but let's say you fine. played on turn two. You didn't keep a hand that didn't have at least two or three lands. So the assumption is that you're keeping up with people for the next couple turns. So you're going to find someone that's a turn behind you, like in the turn order, to try and attack. Well, I think you have no. to do the, the white janky thing where you... Or turn ahead of me. You, no, you, you wait on your land drop until your second main phase. Yeah. So that everybody has true, yeah. more So that way you ramp, you. then play your land. And yeah. that's literally how you play this card. And <laughs> that's like the only way you're going to play this card. Yeah. <laughs> I love this direction. Verge Rangers is way better, but I this is a, a very good step in the right direction, but it's not, it's what, not, there it's yet. not good enough. So I think the next card is the only new land out of this set. Yeah, I think so. so. This one's Nesting Grounds. It's just a, a land that you can tap to add colorless, but it has an ability. You can pay one and tap it. Move a counter from target permanent you control onto another target permanent. Activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery. Whoa. So normally this card would be meh at best, but because we have this new, you know, non-plus one plus one counter synergy is pretty dope. Even in a plus one plus one counter synergy deck, I mean, this card this card is dope. This card is just I don't know, paying dope. one mana for only one counter and a I, one ones. I think that's all that matters in a proliferate or I guess deck that's where true. You, you care get about started. counters. Realistically, yeah. Yeah. just that first counter. It's kind of like experience counters in certain decks. Yeah. The first one is the one that matters, and then everything else is just gravy on top of that. But this, see, that's what I was thinking of with these other keyword counters is to proliferate. Like that one thing that has a counter on it is now just a spawning bed of counters <laughs> that you can fling around. You're like, yeah. Ooh. And this is a card that's going to help you touch. fling around. Yeah I, think, yeah, I think it definitely helps keyword counters, but I think where this is going to shine is Super Friends decks. Yeah, it's oh, And just dumb. moving loyalty counters on your worst Planeswalkers onto your way better ones to ult them earlier. Right. And there's way too many ways to untap your lands. Yeah. So next one we got, I'm both high on and this confused. Awesome. So we've got Netherborn Altar for one and a black artifact. Tap it, put a soul counter on Netherborn Altar, put your commander into your hand from the command zone, then lose three life for each soul counter on Netherborn Altar. I, I mean, I hope you don't have to do this more than a couple times. Right. Like, my question is, like, how like, how fucked do you have to be <laughs> that you have to use this card? I think this goes in Marin. Yeah, I mean, I think this goes in a lot of decks just because you get a cheat commander tax. Yeah. yeah. Because and pain I've, three life, pain six life, pain nine life, that ain't shit. I mean, nine life, nine life is a lot in commander. Considering that you've already paid nine life at that point, that's 18 life in total. For three activations of this, that's half of your starting life total. That's a pretty, pretty fair chunk, even in commander. But to never pay commander tax? Fuck them taxes. <laughs> Fuck them well, This taxes. is a great target for nesting grounds. Fight you, the man. You throw your counters counter on, 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 on somebody else's netherborn no, see, altar. And that, that's where this card, like, to me, really gets <laughs> so much better, is that soul counters are whatever. If you can remove counters, switch them around, yeah. put them on other things, it's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, my fertilid has a soul counter. Great. I don't care. <laughs> Command tax, no more. Yeah, I think it should be noted that uh, Solemnity doesn't work with this because the soul counter is part of the cost. So you can't just pay to put a soul counter and not put a soul counter and still do it. Because you don't put a soul counter on it, you can't just cheat commander tax. Yeah. True. A lot of people tried to do that when this card was first revealed, but we had some judges come in and be like, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> because it is part of the, yeah. Yeah, so let me turn this card off, yeah. which sucks. But if you do have ways, I think this is a really good card in a lot of good decks. But yeah. if you do have ways to remove counters or abuse counters, this card gets way better. Yeah, well, yeah. and the thing, the reason why I think Marin and cards like that, A, it's removal magnet, so it's going to fucking get killed no matter what. But it's also cheap. So the first time it gets yeah, removed, you just cast oh, it with yeah. the tax. Second time, cast it with tax maybe. Third time, you can't. Yeah, your commander on this. Yeah, Marin. 
So it's going to get removed over and over. So you don't necessarily have to use the altar more than a couple times, but the times you need it, you need it because yeah. you yeah, can't pay sure. nine mana for Marin and then do anything, you know? Yeah. And that, so, that's yeah. really where like it comes in, right? Yeah. Is that when the commander tax is four, five with the, what is that? The card from 2019, the, the green one that your commander tax is like half. Oh, but like, I can't remember. That's the one where I've paid five extra. My commander <laughs> died five other times. And I was like, yeah, man, this card is good. But I was like, God damn, my commander's been removed five times. Yeah. You can't pay that tax realistically. No. So, yeah, it definitely has some 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 goodies. Yeah, and I think one thing to know is that this card is good early and good late game. True. Yeah. Because you're mana? like, are you kidding me? My commander could cost 10 mana. I'm not casting that anymore. But you draw this, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Maybe. It's an artifact. Know. Yeah. Yep. Notably, right. That I think that's like the, the big thing. All right, so the next one we got is Slippery Bog Bonder. Three and a green for a 3-3 creature human druid with flash and hexproof. When Slippery Bog Bonder enters the battlefield, put a hexproof counter on target creature. Then move any number of counters from among creatures you control onto that creature. So does this <laughs> finally cement the way that that creature is pronounced? Is it Bogles? No. Boggles, bitch. Oh, snap. Hey, that's true. <laughs> The Bogue Bonder? You don't like that? The Bogue <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it doesn't cement anything. This card is 100% flavor. This I is, love this card. Yeah. The fact that we have Voltron strategies and in other formats, specifically modern, it is the Boggles, the Boogles. This card literally has a fucking Boggle, Bogle on it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so, so good. It's also just very, very good. It has hexproof itself. It gives the thing the hexproof counter, and then just Voltron the shit out of that guy. Yeah, yeah I think it's gonna go in a lot of decks. A lot of decks that you probably were like, "Why is that card in this deck?" Because it's goddamn good. Hey, I have a go wide strategy that uses plus one plus one counters. Now I have a Voltron strategy that's <laughs> killing you that you can't touch. Yeah. I'm not huge on hexproof, man. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> So the last one that we're actually going to read here of the new cards here is Vitality Hunter. Three and a white creature nightmare. It's a 3-4 and it has lifelink. It also has something we haven't seen for, for a little bit. Monstrosity. So for X white white, it's got Monstrosity X. And so you don't know if this creature isn't monstrous, put X plus and plus some counters on it and it becomes monstrous. When Vitality Hunter becomes monstrous, put a lifelink counter on each of up to X target creatures. Dope. This card is fine, but it can be very good. Incidental life gain... It's ridiculous. If you can just all of a sudden throw around like three or four lifelink counters, yeah, you become hard to kill. You become a target because all of a sudden you're going to gain life out of nowhere. But Monstrous is an instant speed activated ability. So you could just have shit in combat, make this happen. If you've got just extra mana floating around and you just need some extra life, you can just activate it. I think that this card has potential just to be value out of nowhere that I don't think a lot of people are expecting. I don't think it's necessarily great, but I think that the decks that want it are going to love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad in this set they bring a lot of returning mechanics and just do they're kind of one-offs in a lot of cards but they're cool and interesting ways yeah they got like a, a slight tilt to it it's just like yeah this is something you know but we're gonna spice it up so let's talk about the jeskai deck then obviously the the big one is fierce guardianship yeah we've kind of real good we've beat that horse <laughs> a little bit so let's just go through some cool new additions let's just splash on those real quick and some reprints we're not going to read all of the the reprints out we're just going to give a, a nice list here first one Corey, it's got your favorite mechanic yep so we got another goad card this one's agitator ant two in a red for a two two creature insect at the beginning of your end step each player may put two plus one plus counters on a creature they control go to each creature that had counters put on it this way so it's kind of like Orzov Advocist, but way worse. 
<laughs> but it has code, so. Yeah, it's make the choice. Political, maybe. It's good, and it's also not. Yeah, I'm not sure. It comes down early, but I just wish it did more than just code one creature each turn because a lot of the goat effects... It's for each opponent, right? It's one creature Yeah, for one... But a lot of the, the really good goad effects have multiple goad instances or you get to choose a lot of things to goad. But this, it goads one thing of theirs and they get to choose. So if you got to choose which creatures got goaded, then it would be way better. Yeah, definitely. All right, Garen. How about, I think, arguably the best reprint in, I mean, okay, Arcane Signet is the best reprint, but. Uh, yeah, but this is a best. close second for the deck. We've got Fluctuator for two generic. It's an artifact and cycling abilities you activate cost up to two less to activate. So this is this is an all-star in a cycling deck. Yeah. Yeah. I think, weirdly enough, the cycling deck has the most reprints and also the most focused reprints because a lot of the other reprints are just good cards. But this one is like, no, nah, this is cycling. This is yeah. a cycling card. We're yeah. just going to give you cycling cards. <laughs> yeah. And along that line, we've got Abandoned Sarcophagus, which lets you play cards with cycling from your graveyard. Very, very good. Astral Drift, which whenever you cycle, you get to blink something. Also very, very good. New Perspectives, which allows you to just get cycling for free, <laughs> yeah, which is great. It. Tectonic Reformation allows you to turn your lands into cyclers, which is... <laughs> it's what? insane. It's so good. Screw top and decking. Then we have this awkward, weird new card that's just so expensive that you're probably never going to play it. But if you do, it's the GOAT. So this one's Herald of the Forgotten. It's six white white for a six six cat beast oh, creature. Oh, so it's not a GOAT. Nah, it's a kitty cat. But it's got horns. That's the beast part. (laughs) It's got flying. When it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, return any number of target permanent cards with cycling abilities from your graveyard to the battlefield. The downside on this one, of course, is that a lot of the cycling cards are not permanents. Yeah, I think this one, it's... But the ramp... Yeah, I think that's... The turn eight it's gonna, Yeah, that's the thing. It's going to target a lot of those cycling lands and some of the cycling enchantments that you have. But like you said, Drew, most of the... Stifle bird. Cycling. Yeah, you'll get a couple creatures, but... Yeah, sorry. I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's I'm just, my eight, favorite type of ramp, though, mana, is turn eight ramp. <laughs> like, yeah, eight I, mana in mono white that right, only cares about cycling? Don't look at this card as mono white because you're never Jessica. playing this in a mono white cycling deck. If you are, you've already oh, lost the yeah? game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, challenge Do it. accepted. I dare you. I got Astral Drift. Yeah. And the other Drift card. Uh, Astral Slide. Astral Slide, yeah. That's all I need. Babe. Those are the two best cycling cards. Mm. Along with Herald of the Forgotten. My man. Yeah. I don't all right, know. You, can, you can die on that stick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's You'd want it to be a good finisher, but sometimes when you play the card, it will just do nothing, and you have to hard cast it so you can't cheat it out. How about a different card? Also goes in that deck. Dismantling Wave. Two okay. and white for sorcery. For each opponent, destroy up to one target artifact or enchantment that player controls. That's not bad. It's got cycling for six white white. When you cycle Dismantling Wave, destroy all artifacts and enchantments. Hell yeah. It's kind of like a, a grasp of fate, but it can only target artifacts and enchantments. But it also gives you the cycling trigger instead of an overload trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is super same, super cool. Yeah, it's the same shit, but yeah, but you get a draw card deck. on top of it. Yeah, yeah and, and especially that in Gavi, you can just cycle it for free Ooh. and just blow everything up. Yeah, this card, this card is awesome. This card is awesome. I think this is staple worthy because it's oh, just really really good. Because you, you just put this in a white deck, and then the potential for it to just be so much better late game, assuming you get to late game, is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Gary, this next one. I know you're going to love because it's got the portmanteau. 
<laughs> the surly badger sar. <laughs> we got three and a red for a three three creature badger dinosaur. Whenever you discard a creature card, put a plus one plus one counter on surly badger sar. Whenever you discard a land card, create a treasure token. Whenever you discard a non-creature non-land card, Surly Badgestar fights up to one target creature you don't control. You had me at whenever you discard a card, put a plus and plus and counter on it. Yeah, I mean, he's good. For sure. Yeah, I think this is going to go in a lot of red decks just because, like we talked about, a lot of mono red card draw is discarding. So you're going to get something off of it. Yeah. yeah. And just making treasures, I think, is worth yeah, enough. Yeah, <laughs> because a lot of the time, that's the choice you make. Do I discard a card that has value or do I discard a land? And generally... It's like, I'm probably going to discard the land if I have enough to do what I need to do. And a treasure token isn't as good as a land, but it's surely a step better than no mana. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of that, like, you know, step in the right direction, I think, for red in general, where they're finally taking advantage of the fact that red, in order to draw cards, you're going to have to discard cards. And so now we're getting value off of that. And I love this direction because it feels so red at the same time as getting massive value off of your downside of your red. Yeah. 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 Well done, Watson. I think it's just really good fit in the cycling deck because it cares about all of this stuff. The next one is a... Next one's a spicy boy. God, it's good. So this one's Cryptic Trilobite. It's XX for a 0 0 trilobite. Enters the battlefield with X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. Remove a plus 1 plus 1 counter from Cryptic Trilobite. Add colorless colors. Spend this mana only to activate abilities. And then you can pay one and tap it. Put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on Cryptic Trilobite. I feel like this one could just go in. This is, yeah, this is an easy combo piece. This is up there with Walking Ballista and Hangerback Walker. A lot of the XX cards that you can pay mana to put counters on and remove counters and do stuff. It just fits into the, all of those strategies. Just got to untap it. If only there were just some cards that liked to spend mana to untap. Just I can't do that. <laughs> all right, next up, we've got Crystalline Resonance, two and a blue for an enchantment, which I've heard Drew... Likes quite a bit. Uh, you literally don't have to read any more, and I'm already okay with it. <laughs> Whenever just you cycle, <laughs> just yeah. an enchantment. Whenever you cycle a card, you may have crystalline resonance become a copy of another target permanent until your next turn, except it has this ability. I'm already like, like amped okay. up to. First of all, it's so stoked. This is exactly what you want. Oh, I play. love this card. But this, also, you is- gave me a great idea. Watsy really should just print. A generic enchantment. Just a vanilla. <laughs> it's just an enchantment. Just like one blue for an enchantment. When this card enters the battlefield. It's just like this en- card enters the battlefield. Enchantment token. <laughs> but no, like this uh, copy stuff, it's an enchantment. It's yeah. in blue. And I, it can change. Like it can yeah, scale it can, with the game. Scales, yeah, it stays with that ability yep. so that it always is what you want it to be. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Like, we talked about it. With the 2019 decks, and it's, I mean, it is one of the reasons why we went through all of the decks is to talk about the important cards from it, right? And the Bant Enchantments deck had Estrid's Invocation, which is always the best enchantment on the battlefield. This also has potential to be the best card on the battlefield, which I don't think, like, it doesn't matter how many times I repeat it, that's just what you want. Yeah, I think the problem is that you have to cycle a card, so it doesn't oh, no. it doesn't go into like the Bant enchantment deck. No, but although so there it, are a couple it, cyclers in there, yeah, but probably not enough to make this worth running. So I think this yeah. this will find a home in all the cycling decks. Drew's run it. playing it anyway. Yeah. Be surprised at how many cards I'm going to force. <laughs> I got the cycling lands. I'm good. Oh crap! I just hey, if you run two copies of Ash Barons, <laughs> Sean, we forgot <laughs> in the Obsidian Counters deck. There's one card that I want to talk about. It's reprint. Karametra, God of Harvest. Sorry, we talk, started talking about enchantments and it just, you know, like they reprinted a god. And not just one, because we'll talk about one in a second. But the best one. 
But no. it's, it's like a solid one, right? It's very so good. So they keep reprinting Mimic Fat, which is, I think, interesting. because like It hasn't seen forever. But yeah, we've got Karametra, so that was cool. And in the Jeskai deck, we've got the Locust God. So, sorry, just, you know, distractions. Some other good reprints in that deck were Windfall, which I love. <sighs> Blue staple. Yeah. Then we got Acroma's Vengeance, one of the better board wipes. One of the best. And then board. one of the best cycling cards, it was Nimble Obstructionist, which Stifle, is... So yeah, I talked about a Stifle Bird, but I don't think yeah. I ever actually call it by its name. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's just known as the Stifle Bird, which is just when you cycle it, it's just Stifle. You so just you counter-target act, or, uh, triggered ability. Yes. Yeah. Which is surprisingly effective. Yeah. It's, people no one is ever so going to yeah. suspect it, but... Is it activated or is it triggered? Maybe all of them. I think. Activated or triggered? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it just counters abilities, which it's is so not annoying. something you see a lot. And yeah. the, the price on Stifle Bird actually was kind of high for a while because yeah, they just I hadn't think. seen a reprint. So it's it's really nice to see them recognize that something like this needs a reprint because they could have definitely just not reprinted Stifle Bird in the cycling deck. And people have been like, yo, why didn't you do that? It's like, hmm. You know, yeah, it's not usually, especially in pre-cons, they usually don't put a lot of counter magic just because it's quote unquote not fun but not only did they print one of the best counter spells they brought back stifle bird so it's such it's a, a, it's good a good gotcha set. though i love it <laughs> at least the free counter spell is only going to be free in commander yeah it's literally not even playable in brawl yeah all right so for the soul time mutate deck oh can i read this first one go for it this is one of my favorites so we've got silent arbiter for four mana we get a one five nice it's okay. an artifact creature construct no more than one creature can attack each combat no more than one creature can block each combat. Sign me up. Propaganda? Fuck off. <laughs> but also, I'll take propaganda. It goes to prison and all those other effects. This one's so much better for Voltron, though, because you're just under the assumption that your one creature that you're fucking suiting up is going to be better than any of their one creatures. Absolutely. So, yeah, and, and your biggest fear is getting their whole team blocked quad against teamed, you. Yeah. <laughs> so you talk about Voltron. What about instead, hear me out, mutate? I was under the impression they were synonymous. I think they've talked about it as if they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think because, in, in Commander especially, I think Voltron Mutate is kind of the, the yeah. route you're funneled through. Right. Yeah, you're kind of pushed into it, especially when there's all of the, whenever this creature mutates, da-da-da-da-da, you kind of want to stack those yeah. as much as possible. But I've got to tell you, this next card makes me feel quite good. We've got Yavamaya Dryad, one green-green for a 2-1 creature Dryad with Forest Walk. And when Yavamaya Dryad enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a forest card and put it onto the battlefield tapped under target player's control. Weird. If you do, <laughs> shuffle your library. It's like a different Wood Elves, but kind of worse, but it has forest walk, so it's a better mutate target, which is why it's in this deck. Yeah. But it hasn't been reprinted in forever, and the Rebecca Gay art is Yeah, I was going to say, they got awesome. the Rebecca Gay art, and that's all that matters. Let alone the fact that you could literally just give your opponent... Yeah, the forest the thing. <laughs> that allows you to have forest walk that matters. Right, that's the whole wording on it yeah. that makes it like... That's so... Yeah, you okay. like rethink it because like... I'll ramp you. It's ramp. But I'm going to attack you. Maybe maybe not for me, for you. I'm helping you, but I'm killing yeah. you because now you can't block. But because we're playing commander, it's also just forest cards. So you're getting your shocks, your duels, your if whatever you the fuck. you want to ramp for yourself, absolutely. Right. And so it's got a lot like, of versatility. The political card on this card? I'll give you a duel. One land's <laughs> worth it. So the next one we got is a very, very interesting card that a lot of people are talking about. It's Tidal Barracuda. It's three and a blue for a three, four fish. Any player may cast spells as though they had flash. Your I'm opponents in. can't cast spells during your turn. So it's kind of a I'm blue Grand Abolisher. But it's just chaos when it's not your turn. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like <laughs> everything's happening. All hell reigns loose. So it is all players, right? So it's effectively Padalka Ori or Lilin anticipation for right. you. But it also just like opens the floodgates for your opponents. Yeah. I think three quarters of those cards for everybody else. Yeah. I don't know. The opponents not being able to cast spells on your turn is great. And in blue, you're probably just going to do some crazy stuff. What's weird is this grants you flash, but it also encourages you to play more spells on your turn. Yeah, but to be fair, to be fair, a lot of the decks that I'm guessing that this is going to be cropping up in because I'm thinking about putting in my decks, my combo decks. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because a lot of combos, you combo off on your turn. And this basically says, you're not allowed to fuck with me in my turn. Right. You can't even remove the creature that stops you from being able to do that. True. Right? Like, that's such a powerful idea. But I think the problem is that you play this and then and it's four pass mana. the turn. And then, yeah, and then everybody, everybody gets else flashed. gets. And then on the end the set before, you're yeah, like, I'm just going to get gonna... rid of that. So we all had flash for turn. You don't get shit. Yeah. I mean, you still have flash for the turn. You just probably are tapped out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you basically have to, again, play this as a political card. Hey, I can do have this, fun. but. I need something from you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. So next one, I feel like is the the card that's like Watsy trying to make mutate, not necessarily better, but like working commander because it actually has utility. And that's good old souvenir snatcher. It's four and a blue for a four, four creature bird with a mutate cost of five and a blue. It has flying. And whenever this creature mutates, gain control of target non-creature artifact. That is so much for so little. I agree. Like but stealing one non-creature artifact. The first time it mutates. But you're mutating at six mana. It's five mana minimum, and the mutate cost is six. But it's like a five mana four four. I get that there's Which like a lot good. of rocks rolling around, but like I don't want your fucking Can't this just signet. Be no, gain control you want target the, permanent? Like, what? Why couldn't this just be gain control of target permanent? Because then you could like steal their lands. Non-land permanent. Yeah. Way better. What's still? the so you can still agent of treachery? That's seven mana? Yeah, yeah but that's you seven just, mana. You see one thing? This could be the better version. This is six mana. Whatever you control is now a four, four fire with other abilities. For six. Garbage. And you get that's a, assuming you get to steal a rock. Probably. You get to steal a non-creature artifact. That Which could be land. Probably a, a rock. Best, I mean, you best might get a scenario, soul ring, but you're even stealing still. someone's Aether Flex Reservoir. True. Which <laughs> is a stupidly powerful play because that turns them off of the thing that they want to do and allows you to just gain life. And yeah, but I'm not going to put in a six mana 4-4 four, four with flying just to hope that I fucking yeah. walk into an Aether Flex. No, you're playing it in a mutate deck where you're taking advantage of the fact that it also triggers other abilities and maybe a five mana 4-4 four, four that you're then mutating onto and then getting that as a beneficial fact. I still don't want to play a 5-mana 4-4. Four, four. This should have been a 4-mana four 4-4 four, four with a 6-mana mutate, and then I'll get the cheap mutates on it. But I'm not going to pay a high rate for it to then cheaply mutate onto it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think that bad. I don't think it's bad, but I think that it's, like, it's a different angle, and it's it, like, it just gives more utility to mutate, right? Like, mutate feels very, like, pushed, obviously, yeah. especially with a card like this. But at the same time, every single mutate ability needs to have some effect and every single mutate ability needs to be different. And I think that this adds utility to the mutate deck yeah. that they otherwise literally like you have to focus so hard in the mutate that you're not getting any of the other effects that the colors that mutate want have. The problem I see is that Commander has such a handicap in the way that it's a singleton format and it has such a small pool of mutate creatures that every be- single one matters. Yeah, well, and every single one kind of has to be included to get up to that critical mass of synergy. Whereas in the four ofs, you're not running this ever. 
you're running four of the octopus, you're running four of the, you know what I mean? Like the unfortunate part is that you have to take this if you're going to make mutate work, which forces you to play suboptimal cards. Yeah, I think it's too specific for too much mana. But of all the formats that you would be able to get to six mana and have a viable target. I mean, you're going to get something. It's just how often is it going to be something that helps you in a meaningful way? Because right, that's six that's mana, I don't give a fuck about your signet. <laughs> right. That's what you're looking at is helping yourself. Stealing something should never just be looked at. I'm helping myself. You're also taking something away from your opponent. I think that that's part of the value that you have to add to this. I'm yeah. not trying to say that this is a, a good card, but I don't think it's a bad card. I think that it is a different card that should have been costed differently. It should have been half the mana. Definitely not half the mana. That's way too good. Three and four? I'll do that. Pay four mana to take one person's soul ring? And then every single time a mutates, in addition to that, you also get to take an additional thing? That's, that's way too good. a great mutate card. That is that commander-worthy. That's, that's the problem, right? Is that, that is a great mutate card. I mean, mutate I don't think needs that mutate to needs to be great. I think that mutate is specific enough and continues to get value. It's literally just a value engine that you always are going to get value off of, that you can't have something like that that, that is that strong. And I think that's why mutate is not going to see any play. Yeah. I mean, yeah, arguably. Uh, unless they print another round of mutate somewhere else and you have enough to really focus in on not just this is a mutate deck i have all the mutate cards this is a mutate graveyard or this is a you know what i mean like you can start to figure out what you want and if you'd like to see the rest of this discussion check out Coria part two of our set <laughs> review so up next we've got manascape refractor three generic for an artifact you're just getting all the good artifacts Ooh, manascape refractor enters the battlefield tapped it has all activated abilities of all lands on the battlefield, Hell and yeah. you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to pay the activation costs of Manascape Refractor's abilities. Well, yeah, so shit. nice uh, Kessig Wolfront, nice, uh, what's the, the Simic Laboratory, let's cast ship at Flash Alchemist Speed. Refuge? Yeah, there's so many, so many, so or emergent many zone or that dude, are I'm, played. This is a Gaia's Cradle, this is Gabal's Coffers, this is... All of them. It comes in tapped, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. The upside is so good because you're always going to get colored mana because at worst, it, it'll make the colors of mana that you already have. Right. And it'll just steal whatever other colors yeah, I guess other people have. That's something have. that we, we should state is that this is at bare minimum a ramp spell. Yeah. Yep. Like it, it's a ramp rock. Oh, yeah. But the ceiling is just so Ridiculous. high depending on what other lands. It, it'll only get better the better your meta is. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this. <laughs> True. But... This is also a wasteland. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just love that fact. Like, <laughs> Gross. It's so good. Um, some good reprints in the Sultai Mutate deck were Propaganda, which yeah. I hate to see, I but love. I love to see. Yeah. And one that I didn't think they were going to reprint is Cross and Grip. I thought that they were saving this one for Commander Series Green. So I'm glad to see it now. It's one of the best removal spells in the format, just because of split second. The second's so good. Also, only three mana. Like it's just, it's just good, and it, it's always going to do something. Like it, it, every combo player fears this card because they will lose to it every time. <laughs> yeah, this. I think like the one loss that I can remember on Fibblethip that like really just like haunted me <laughs> was because of Cross and Grip. Because like I had a two card combo, everything was perfect. I just needed something to to go off with, right? Getting there, and then as soon as I go to play the thing that's going to help me win, just rip. Bye. Let's jump into the Mardu Humans deck. Not the most interesting deck, but we've got some interesting cards. 
So the first one we've got is Species Specialist. It's two black black for a 2-3 human warrior. As it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Whenever a creature of the chosen type dies, you may draw a card. I think this is an easy auto-include in almost every tribal deck, even though it's a human warrior, so it won't fit. But just giving you card draw for whatever tribe you're playing, I think that helps yeah, so if you're, much. If you're running black and you're in a tribal deck, you just put this in. If you know that tribal is a thing in your meta... You probably just choose, can just slot it in into yeah. a yeah. lot of your black decks. It's just going to be good. I mean, Talk even about, if you just choose humans, and this is the only human you have, there's probably going to be other humans that pop up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. If you choose, like, a major tribe. Yeah, like generic. Beast, humans, <laughs> wizard. elves, wizard. Exactly. The next one we have is Shared Animosity. So this is a nice reprint from one of the Morning Tide. We'll say Morning Tide. Two and a red for enchantment. Whenever a creature you control attacks, it gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn for each other attacking creature that shares a creature type with it. Killed a lot of people with this. Yeah, oh my God, <laughs> Corey, uh, you're, you're the expert on this card. card. <laughs> it's literally the reason why I put it on here is because I've seen it in action. Turns a whole bunch of little dudes into a, a you're, whole you're bunch 10 of one ones that people are like, oh, that's nothing. Yeah, they become ten, ten or ones. ten nine ones. Oh yeah, that's true. Real good. No, they're, they're yeah. ten they, ones. They're ten ones. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But I always fuck up my mind. What I love about shared animosity is that it is very red in that it only buffs power. <laughs> yeah. Not toughness. So you are subjected to a blowout <laughs> if uh, something like that comes along. But I feel that that's very red in that you're not like reinforcing your defenses. You're just punching face. Yeah, I'm about it. Fuck. All right. Next, we've got Fireflux Squad. Three and a red for a 4-3 creature human soldier. It has haste, and whenever Fireflux Squad attacks, you may exile another target attacking creature you control. If you do, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that card onto the battlefield tapped and attacking, and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Hello, Big Red. Yeah, a lot of red cards recently have been all about cheating big things in. I think this is on that train. You just got to sacrifice a guy or... a Hopefully a token. Yeah, I was going to say. just cheat out. The fact that this can be a token, like it doesn't say non-token, which I feel like it, it should. Yeah. Because like the potential on this card is absolutely insane. And everyone's going to be like, yeah, but, but what about, you know, when you get your, your little goblins and shit? And just like, you're not putting it in that deck. I'm sorry, but you're putting it in a deck where you are going to yeah. cheat stuff. Uh, does this go into Ilharg? Mm, probably not because I don't put a lot of creatures out. It's usually just big dudes. So I, I don't know who I would sack for it put yeah i don't know who i would exile and this is on an attack trigger right so ilhar can't cheat him out attacking right see that's the thing is i feel like this one's way more chaos than ilhar that was the comparison i was going to bring up because ilhar you know what's in your hand and you cheat it out this could be who right. the fuck knows what's well, on the top i guess of your, my thing you know, um, asking that question is with ilhar you still have mana because you are cheating stuff out that you need to be playing other things is this not a card that you would actually want to play so that you can continue to cheat out other no, things? No, I think because in Ilharg, you usually want to keep casting the same creatures over and over. Right. And so if you exile them, you can't do that. Right. Even if you cheat one thing out, because putting things back in your hand and doing it over and over is what makes Ilharg so scary. Gotcha. So you get rid of one of your things and put one thing that you can't put back in your hand. It's kind of a, a double whammy. Fair. But I do love this card. Ilharg's a real bastard. He is. is. <laughs> so is this card. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So next on the list, we've got Call the Copper Coats. Two and white. Got an instant with Strive. Another mechanic we haven't seen for a while. This spell costs one and white more to cast for each target beyond the first. And it has this major effect here. Choose any number of target opponents. Create X11 white human soldier creature tokens where X is the number of creatures those opponents control. You have token strategy? Cool. Mine just got better. 
Yeah, the first time I read this card, I was like, this card sucks. You get three 1-1s, one and then it's like, oh no, it's for each creature they control. Yeah, and I actually did the same thing where I was just like, this card is ass. Three mana for three 1-1s, one and I was like, actually, three mana for three 1-1s one isn't too bad. It's got relevant creature types, and then I was like, no. This can make this so, many, so many Well, and that's so. why I was thinking one in white for an extra target. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. But wait, <laughs> you got eight creatures, and you got six. I'm doing that. Yeah, yeah. I'll pay five mana. Five mana. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's the thing, right? Is that if only one player is actually going to give you any value, then you pay three mana for like eight one ones. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I love and there are times it's dead for yeah. sure. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. And I, I love that's kind of the downside. That it's that. an instant too. So you can do it when you're blocking. You're just like, oh, you swing at 100 goblins. Guess I'm going to get 100 one ones. <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that this card is so defensive, but at the same time, it's an instant. So you can like do it on the person whose turns right before you and just like, now we play an offense. Out of and now nowhere. we turn. Now I got an army too. Like I love that, hey, you just swung and we made made a deal. <laughs> and this is where I come in, right? Oh, we just made a deal. You don't attack me with those. You just attacked him. Now I'm attacking you. Let's go. Got some nice reprints on here. We've got Knight of the White Orchid, which is just a white staple for not ramp, just I was gonna say manifesting, but if you're in mono white, there's no fix in there. <laughs> uh just getting lands, because you need it. And then we've got one of my all-time all favorite star. cards. It's the best card in every deck that it's ever in. Yeah, if you're putting it into the deck, it's your favorite card. You want it. Yeah. <laughs> Skull Clamp turns your tokens into card draw. What Twice. more could you ever want? Yeah. It, it's easily the best. One of the best token cards. It's up yeah. there with doubling season is like auto includes in a, a token strategy. All right. So last but certainly not least, we've got the Teamer Spells. First one up, we've got Twinning Staff. So this is a three-mana artifact. If you would copy a spell one or more times, instead copy it that many times plus an additional time, you may choose new targets for the additional copy. And for seven and tap it, copy target instant or source spell you control, you may choose new targets for the copy. Seven mana, you get two copies? Hell yeah. That's pretty good. I'm a fan. Plus three mana for the assumption that you're already trying to copy shit. Yeah, for that thing is great. Three mm -hmm. mana, so good. I just expect a complaint well, at this point. Well costed. Uh, I do have a complaint about this card. This next one? It was they chose the wrong you, art? No, read it. That you don't have enough? It's Solemn Simulacrum. Simulac. Four generic. Four. Two, two. Artifact creature Golem. When Solemn Simulacrum enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, put that card onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. When he dies, draw a card. Why is this in a green deck? Why is this in a green deck that's not... that? Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess that's the, true of the all Mardu the decks deck that needed it, yeah. Could have used it. The Jeskai deck could have used it. They all need it. But you gave it to the Teamer Spells deck that cares about copying spells. Yeah. Do they have ramp spells? I don't know. This could have been one of them. This could have been an this easy is, This switch. was one of them. Yeah, but they, this could have been an actual ramp spell that cares about whatever the rest of the deck does. Right, but that's why they got to put it in this one. To fuck all the other to make ones. it bad. Yeah, to make it less good. <laughs> you put ramp in a deck, makes to it be bad. Fair, they love, Watsy loves doing that. Yeah, they putting have it one literally deck sad robot. Doesn't need it. <laughs> or like uh, the elk or... Burnished uh, heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they love putting those in decks that already have green, that don't need any help, and they're always like artifact ramp. Yeah. They're, they're putting in there. It doesn't make any sense. Like, there's three artifact decks, and the one fucking one that doesn't have Yo, artifacts. The, the two decks that don't have any green that need okay, help Okay, but real ramping. talk. Did they choose the right art? No. Yeah, true. You don't like the new art? No. I mean, it's cool, it's but spooky. I like Sad Robot. Sad Robot. Yeah, because that, that doesn't look like Solemn. It doesn't he, look like a Sad Robot. He's Angry Robot. robot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's Terminator mode. 
So this next card is super sweet, though. Hell yeah. It's Glade Muse. Two and a green for a 2-4 beast. Whenever a player casts a spell, if it's not their turn, that player draws a card. This should have totally been a blue card, but I'm glad. I love that it's not. I'm glad they made it a green card because it's too easy I love this because it's in a deck that carries. It's not really like a spell slinger deck, let's be real. It is an instance matter deck. I love this card. Yeah. This card's super I'm going to put it in every blue-green deck. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and yeah. especially since blue never really needs that effect, even though it gets it a lot, but especially but teamer, so good. Like, you're going to be playing spells on just, other people's turns, and this every, is how to Every refill. time you counter a spell, draw a card. <laughs> that's what True. this oh, reads. Don't put it that that's way. What's, that's what you're doing in Simic. <laughs> I know what I'm doing, <laughs> but don't put it that it's way. It's the shenanigans. You make it sound bad. Like I'm doing a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> Like the way I see it is it's like, hey, you're playing blue and red instance. This is a green card that you know makes us better. It's a green blue card. With a red splash. It's a teamer card. There's nothing red about it. What? I, True. Most of the spells that I play that are red are instants. <laughs> That's very specific to you. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, it's a teamer card for me. Next card we've got is Curious Herd for three and a forest, as Gary would say. Forest mana. <laughs> We've got an instant. Choose target opponent. You create X. Three, three green beast creature tokens where X is the number of artifacts that player controls. Green loves hating on artifacts. This is a very weird way to do it. It's just yeah. like, hey, blue player over there with lots of artifacts. I'm going to make a lot of creatures so that I can kill you. It's weird. Yeah. It's a curious card. It Quite. is very, very curious. I don't, I don't know why it's just artifacts. I don't know why it's not artifacts and enchantments. Yeah, I think I that, guess that'd be too good. Yeah, because don't need that. But I don't know. Pay four mana and make a bunch of beasts seems. Mid. Yeah, I think realistically, like if you get three out of this, yeah, you're pretty all right with it. Nine power on board for four mana. Yeah. And I guess the best part is as an instant. So you yeah, exactly. copying in a lot in this deck. And it's a safety valve, or just like I'm just going for it. Gonna yeah, just copy your shit so I can kill this bodies, other player. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just good stuff. Next card is so goofy. It's Nascent Metamorph, one and a blue for a 1-1 creature shapeshifter. Whenever it attacks or blocks, target opponent reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card. Nascent Metamorph becomes a copy of that creature until end of turn. Then that player puts all cards revealed this way onto the bottom of their library in a random order. So, notably, the person whose creature you block with Nascent Metamorph doesn't have to be the person that you target to get the Chaos Warp effect. True. Yeah, I think... This is an awesome, fun card. I think the problem is that as soon as you attack, you have to become the creature. And if it's something shitty, then they'll just block and kill it. And yeah. if it's something good, then they'll probably Which is find different ways to block and kill it. Why I bring that up, right? Like, I'm going after the Illhark deck. I'm getting the big, fat, yeah, ridiculous, crazy Emmer shit. Cool. <laughs> like, hey, it's not great for ETBs, but sure is big creatures. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's an fun. Card. I don't think it's very good. No, it's not great, but it's fascinating. Okay, then we got some rapid-fire reprints right here. Some cards that we love. We've mentioned a couple of them on the show. We got Lightning Greaves. Fantastic. Kessig Wolf Run. Very good land. Atali Primal Storm. And Rashmi, Eternity's Crafter. A card yeah. that I didn't Rashmi, think we'd I, yeah, same. see reprinted in a long-ass time. Rashmi, Eternity's Crafter reads 2 and Simic. For a 2-3 legendary creature elf druid, whenever you cast your first spell each turn, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card with converted mana cost less than that spells, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If you don't cast a revealed card, put it into your hand. 
So basically, Simic Cascade. Yeah. Which is dope. And it's not a card that I thought we'd see, basically, except in like a modern Horizons, modern Masters type set. So I'm pretty glad to see it. I don't necessarily think it was like a, a needed reprint, oh, no. but it's just cool to have. Yeah. It just cares about casting spells on other people's turns. Yeah. Which, great. Yeah. Well, we've gone through many, many cards. I think that we can unequivocally say that there is a best card. Uh, it's probably the most expensive card. Uh, Deadly Rollick. And the Guardianship. That it was the fucking crow. <laughs> the, the crow. <laughs> the, the divisive crow. The snatcher. Yeah, careful when you Google that one. Use caution, my friend. <laughs> Souvenir snatcher. Yeah. Shout out to CCL. Uh, I honestly do think that all of those freebies are really good. And the counter and the exile are both, I put them in the same boat. I really think they're as good as each other. Because the decks that want them really want them because they're that gotcha. Every card, sorry, every deck can use either card. And every deck would love to have them for free. I just think that one that specifically targets one card type versus one that can target more than one card type. There is a disparity there. And one, there already has to be something on the battlefield for it to target. The other one you eliminates have to that have threat. someone casting spells. Right. They already have, have to have cast your creature in order to exile that creature. That creature already has to exist. For but Rollick, someone right? has to cast a spell for you to counter it. Everybody's going to be casting spells. That's but Not everybody's going to be casting. I think creatures. the disparity is both ways. Because, yes, you have to have creatures out to exile them. But yes, you also have to have had this spell in your hand to be able to counter the shit you needed to counter. If they play their Emrakul last turn, still doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? Well, like they both have Emrakul times when you can and can't use it. I don't know, man. Rollick is just going to be more limited because Commander is one of the, the formats where non-creature spells are going to have a ridiculous impact because they can affect a massive board state. Whereas creatures, I mean, yes, there are some that can Our affect. commanders. <laughs> I mean, that's your larger target, right? But there are so many decks that don't really care about creatures that much. Whereas every deck has non-creature spells that are worth countering. Sometimes. Yeah, I think all of these are going to see a lot of play. I think For sure. Probably Definitely. one of the Too best much. and most powerful cycles, cycles of, that yeah. Watsi's printed in Commander Precons. Yeah, and like even the bad one, Deflecting yeah. Swat, is still something that I'm going to play. Well, I think the I think the the fog is the worst one, even though the fog is still good. But I think that's just the the scale of what we have. Because I mean, one sided fogs are way better than regular fogs for sure. And the occasional fork is meh. Giving your creatures indestructible, super it's not, dope, it's very not, relevant. It's not a fork. Yeah, that's the thing. If it was a fork, it'd be way better. Yeah. But it's not a fork, which is why it's not as good. But that's, the that's exile reason, yeah. and the counter spell easily the best. And I think the counter spells. Miles, it's streets ahead of the exile. exile. Yeah. Even though those are, I think they're the two best ones far and away. Yeah, I think those are the two easiest singles you can pick up from this whole set. I don't know if I'd buy them in singles. Those are going to be expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whether you want to, whether you can. Before the sets come out, the counter spell is already worth more than some of the other decks alone, which is a bad thing, in my opinion. And that's the reason why it's a card that shouldn't have been printed. Yeah. Let's try and wrap this up as fast as possible here. Deck predictions, how well are these decks actually going to play? Obviously, the Mutate deck, is, we know, is just going to struggle. It's, it's the least focused when it has the thing that needs to be the most focused. However, amongst each other, do they look balanced? What decks are you guys specifically looking forward to playing? 
Did Watsi do all right with these decks? I think just like every year, they have too many lands, but that's just, I think, our preference because we're more experienced deck builders because these are catering towards newer people. And so you want to have all that land to play all those spells. So I think they're definitely getting there when it comes to the land to spell ratio. But I think overall, they seem pretty balanced. I think, like Drew said, the Mute deck is kind of lacking. I think the Cycling deck seems the best or the most synergistic out of the gate, but it doesn't seem to have any good way to finish. It's just like you're going to be doing stuff the whole game, but I don't know if you can actually win the game. I think the fact that it's just going to dump out tokens, that is your win con. Yeah, it's just I think combat. you have to rely on that. And then I think the the Mardu humans, you might just outvalue your opponents because humans are just really good. I think Teamer Spells, is, I think it's going to be the the one that nobody expects to win, and you're just going to copy enough spells on so many given turns that you're yeah, just, just going to do extra value. crazy plays every once in a while and have a giant-ass lightning dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, that's cool stuff. And then I don't know about the Abzan. I think the Abzan, it's, there's a lot going on in the Abzan one. Like, I don't know how the Abzan just one wants to play. Throw counters on everything, and everything gets a little bit better. Yeah. It's, it is it's just like a, it's like a mid-rangey value that sometimes is going to be kind of bursty. Yeah. I think all these decks would be a lot of fun to play. Gary? I think they're decent in a vacuum. I don't, I don't see any of them as being standout in like the grand commander meta. Well, then don't look at it that way. What about just your personal, like, I mean, we could just say the Soul Tide deck because you like that color, but I don't think that that's the deck that you're most looking forward to because you are not hot on Mutate whatsoever. Not Commander Mutate, no. I want four Standard, you're just your standard Mutate. <laughs> standard Mutate, I'm down for. Yeah. So there's not not a deck at all of, of these. If you have to pick one of five, you have to. Uh, I mean, Jeskai sounds cool. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Up to the club. All right, what about power level? Uh, how do they compare to previous sets, not including C16? I think overall, pretty low or pretty middle of the ground, except the free commander spells. I think those are too high. But maybe that's that was the, the reasoning. Balancing. Yeah, I'm not so sure. These decks are not super powerful. I think last year's decks were more synergistic overall. And I think... Except the cycling deck. Cycling deck is just yeah, ridiculous. I, mean, yeah, this, I think this being tied in with Ikoria so much, I think that kind of... Hurt it. It hurts it because they want you to play Ikoria and take those cards and put them in your commander decks because there's kind of the same strategies in draft limited and standard and in these decks, which kind of makes them do a lot of stuff not very well. Just because they, they have immediate they, upgrades yeah, they just spread available. It out because like, if you just listen to our set review, we just go on and on about all these different strategies yeah. that you can do in the 300 or so cards in that set while you have to try and fit that into 60 cards in a given deck in those colors and try and work with that. Right. So I, I think it was okay. I like the decks. They're cool. Yeah. The flavors are on point. Okay. Assuming C16 is a 10, where is this on the scale? Probably like a 6, 6.5. Five, five, six. I don't know. I haven't really yeah, messed around with these. I definitely would go like five and a half. I think it's like barely above yeah. average. Makes they're not sense. worth the amount of money that they're going to get for their chase cards. That's for sure. Yeah, that's the, I think yeah. the chase cards kind of screwed this whole thing up. Yeah. I think that the other thing that kind of screwed it all up is good old COVID-19. Yep. Classic. Like so many people are not as like stoked on the set as they would be for Commander. And that's just because we're not gathering in groups to play. Yeah, I think... A lot of people that I've talked to have already made their deck lists or proxying deck lists. So they're not even going to get any of these products because they've just they've seen the cards that they want. And then they've ordered the couple singles or the the one commander that they want to build. And then they don't care about anything else in the set. Yeah. But I guess maybe that's just standard fare for pre-cons. Yeah, I feel like we're taking a hit more than what we would normally be. But 
Yeah, but we have a shitload of commander left in the year, so yeah, this true. is just the beginning. And I think that that has also put a lot of people on the back foot, is that they know that there's going to be more. Yeah. And so for a lot of people, getting commander Christmas, you know, late summer, that's something that you save up for, you you put your money into. Oh, and yeah, now it's you like... You want to buy all five decks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and now it's like all of a sudden, all five decks at the beginning of the year, and then there's two more decks, and then there's two more decks, and then there's a specific commander green series. And there's also Commander Draft. Yeah. There's so much going on that I think a lot of people are just like, is this deck worth my time right now and later? No, I don't feel it's worth my time right now. I don't care if it's worth my time later because there's going to be something else that I can buy. Yeah, and also, just like you said, even if this deck is worth your time, you can't play it. You can't go to a shop and play it. Yeah. 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 Weird times we live in, but that's just how it is. Hopefully, this episode was informative. There was a lot going on with it. Hopefully you guys found at least one deck you're interested in picking up. I think that if we had to pick a color between the three of us, we would probably Black. have just go with the Jeskai deck. Yeah, that's the one that sounds interesting to me. Because cycling is just a lot of fun. Yeah, we just love cycling. Yeah. <laughs> I just it want to cycle Decree of Annihilation for free. Oh, God. That's my dream. That's, that's you my build. You gotta do four color. Just do all the decrees. Five color cycling decrees. That'd be sweet. I already have a, a list for it. Gross. Yeah, although I definitely skipped out on one of the decrees, as you do. So, this has been an exhaustive discussion of Commander 2020, part one, no. the Ikoria. Part one? Yeah, we've got Commander 2020, Sendikar. We've got Commander oh, okay. 2020, Fall Set. I don't know what it's called. And we've got Commander 2020, Green Series. We've got Commander 2020, Draft. Commander Legends. That's fair, that's fair. Everything is Commander 2020 this year. It's too much Commander 2020. Yeah. All right, guys. So obviously we want you to to share us, like us, tweet at us, message us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at UUD Podcast or Untap Upkeep Drink. It's been real. We're uh, kind of middle of the road on this, but hopefully some of you are out there excited. As soon as this COVID thing starts to uh, lessen, we're all ready to fucking sling some spells and play oh, yeah. some games. So, But for now, stay safe. And as I like to say on this podcast, have fun. Buy some Commander decks. Suck on some big fat dicks. Suck my ass. <laughs> okay, Corey, settle <laughs> down. You say it the same way, too. <laughs> no, you know what you're talking about. divine. I can't. <laughs> it's ingrained. Suck on my ass. <laughs> oh, that's good. So this is for Gary and editing. This is where we cut. Yay. Hi, Garyan. Hey, y'all. <laughs> hey, me. I'm not huge on Hexproof, man. I mean, it's really good. That explains a lot. Yeah. No, I mean, it's really good <laughs> 1v1, but uh, Commander, is just you always get fucking wiped. You work so hard. That's true. And then it's like, That's, oh, guess but what? You won't, get, you won't get shot. Shit. You won't get sniped. You won't get sniped. That's true. Yeah. If you control Command, you may cast a spell that paints Command. Paint. <laughs> <laughs>